Hey everybody, it's Kylie Gable. Welcome to the Feminization Boudoir Podcast from Candy Apple Press. We have a long one today. When I write stories nowadays, the sweet spot is about 6,000 words for me. And that comes to about a 40-42 minute audio depending on who's reading it. Well, the story we're doing, which is college, Welcome to College Reunion, number four. Um, well, it's from a time when my stories, the lengths varied a lot. And so this audio is almost, if I just play it in its entirety, almost enough to be like my longest podcast ever or one of them. So um, if you have the premier podcast, you will hear all one hour and a ton of minutes of this particular episode. And if you're listening on the free one, you're still going to get about 30 some minutes of the story. So it's going to be a good length for this podcast. And um, Mistress DJ doing her usual good job. I think the story is, is pretty good. Although um, the distance between part three and part four in the publication was something ridiculous, like almost a year for a variety of reasons I've already talked about. So, I hope you enjoy it. Here is part four of Welcome to College Reunion. Welcome to College Reunion, part four. Written by Kylie Gable. Narrated by Shayla Aspasia. Maybe it was her small town upbringing. But then, i known a lot of girls who came from small towns, and none of them were quite like her. Maybe it was her attitude, forthright and in your face. She took no shit from no one. Or maybe it was something in her appearance. She was definitely the hottest of the girls at college who decided to turn me into their sissy slave. I remember one day I was returning from class and she was lying out on the small front lawn outside our dorm, topping up her suntan there must have been about 15 to 20 male faces glued to their dorm windows, just staring at her. I initially thought that she was blissfully unaware of all the attention she was receiving, but I found out later that she just didn't care. She wasn't seeking or reveling in it. It was simply something that happened to her, always had, and most likely always would. Obviously, to look at, she was absolutely stunning. Lots of pitching softball and other sports had given her a gorgeous figure with a truly remarkable ass. Nature and her genes had taken care of the rest. Deanna could also be remarkably disarming. She could be as tough as Amanda, but while she also had a really wicked streak, neither Nicole nor I ever bring ourselves to suspect her of doing anything unfair to us. And that got us both into all sorts of trouble. The summer after our sophomore year, both Nicole and I stayed in an apartment in our college town. The girls also stayed in another apartment nearby, and they often referred to our training that summer as Sissy Boot Camp. I'd survived two years of being the girl Sissy made, but Nicole had only had about two months of it. When we were moved in together, despite our mutual mistrust, I ended up serving as his big sister, helping 
primp and preen so that his appearance would meet the girls' exacting expectations. Even giving him a shoulder to cry on when he didn't think he could take another day in high heels. At least I knew what he was going through in a way that, well, few other people really could. To have your gender forcibly transformed on you is a huge step and not one every person can easily handle, at least not without some regrets. Which was why we were both surprised and delighted when one day Deanna suddenly made an impromptu visit to our apartment. Hi, Dee, I said, opening the door, feeling quite surprised to find her alone. Did we do something wrong? No, not at all, she smiled. It doesn't always have to be whips and chains, Kylie. I just came over for a visit, and I wanted to ask for a bit of help from you. From me, I squeaked. Well, both of you, actually. Oh, cool. Sure, no problem. Come on in. Standing back to let her pass me. Thanks, she grinned wickedly, brandishing a couple of thick catalogs as she brushed past me. You two could really help me out here, and if you do, I'll be very appreciative. Sure, Dee, replied Nicole, standing to greet her. What do you need from us? Well, it's like this. My boyfriend, Jim, is finally coming back to town in a couple of weeks, and well, I've missed him so much. She sighed rather theatrically. Oh, that's great news, I interjected, still not seeing where this was leading. Well, I'd like to get some new lingerie, you know, to make our first night back together spectacular. Something that will really blow his mind. Could you help me look through these catalogs and tell me what you really like? Oh, yeah, said Nicole. Looking at lots of cute girls dressed only in lingerie, what's not to like? The incongruity of her asking two people who she had helped to forcibly feminize to live and act as sissies to give her male opinion on sexy lingerie for some reason never occurred to us. The truth of the matter is probably that we were both extremely flattered. Nicole especially was still trying to wrap her head around our new enforced lifestyle. What does it mean when a girl wants to force you into panties but doesn't really seem to be an actual man-hater? Is the problem with you or her being asked for our male opinion meant that it seemed there was still a part of us that she saw as being male, even masculine, and that she valued our opinion from that perspective? After looking through the Victoria's Secret catalog, I declared that I really liked a gorgeous baby doll, especially in the striking purple and black with fine lace trimmings. I showed her the picture. What about something like this? You'd look so sexy. Oh yeah, that is really pretty. She looked at me and asked, do you really like it? Oh yes, I replied fervently, just imagining how incredible Deanna would look wearing it far better than the model in the picture. I think it would be absolutely perfect for you, maybe with a garter belt and some matching heels. Panties or no panties? Small lacy black ones, I declared. Wow, that would certainly pull the whole outfit together beautifully, she complimented me. 
Did you see anything you liked, Nicole? Well, I will think this red nighty is really hot, Nicole said, his words catching in his rather parched throat. Talking about lingerie with a girl would not normally have this effect on him, but he knew at that precise moment he was probably wearing sexier panties than she was. That's so pretty, Nicole. Deanna bent the corner of the page to remember it. Anything you'd want to see with it? I think you'd want to go all lady in red. Do you have a pair of sexy red heels? No, but I could get some, assured Deanna. Great. Red garter and stockings. I'd even say bright red lips and nails to match. I think that with your coloring, you look absolutely fantastic. That's so awesome, clapping her hands in delight. Hey, what about a scent? I want a new perfume to really blow all his senses. Beautiful by Estee Lauder. An old girlfriend used to wear it when she wanted to drive me wild, said Nicole. Leaning forward to smell Deanna's scent. I'm not wearing any perfume right now. That's why I want a new scent. What do you think, Kylie? I don't really have any really strong opinions like Nicole, but I've always been partial to Calvin Klein's obsession. Oh, I love that. It's awesome. I'll make a note of that, said Dee. A note? What for, I ask? I mean, it's another possibility for what I should wear. Unlike most of the other girls from my college days, I had actually been in communication with Deanna since those days. We had lost contact immediately after her wedding to Jim. But then she found me on Facebook and managed to get in contact. It was really interesting to talk with her again as we caught up on the last few years of our lives. But unfortunately, that initial renewed contact led to me cross-dressing again for what seemed to me like the first time in forever. We'd been chatting happily together about all the fun times we'd enjoyed back in college but eventually all our reminiscing had to recognize the rather large elephant in the room. My feminization at her and the other girl's hands had affected me a great deal, even to this day. However, I also got the impression that it was, well, that it had an impact on her quite a lot too. You know, you actually kind of surprised us. We weren't all sure quite how far we could take it. But she really impressed with how good you looked right from the start, she said. Well, you made it very certain that I was pretty darn passable, I retorted hotly. Are you still passable? She asked sweetly. No, I have no idea, obviously. I haven't done anything like that since those days. The last time I dressed up in femme, you were there. Well, then, this is the perfect time to find out. What with Halloween approaching? she assured me. Urging, go on. I want to know. Got to admit, I'm sort of curious, but no, I don't think so. That's all buried far too deep in my past now. I'd almost capitulated at the mere suggestion. You know that I only dressed up because you girls had the means to persuade me. You mean blackmail? Blackmail, bondage, beatdowns, I replied. You used all three at various times. Yeah, we really were horrible to you back then, weren't we? She paused. 
But what if, say, somebody, for instance, could see all of your Facebook contacts and that same somebody could just happen to have a whole stack of pictures of you, ones that you probably don't want everyone or even anyone seeing too close? You know the sort of thing, embarrassing ones, like from your college days, for instance. You can't be serious. I was appalled, but I could almost see her grinning down the phone at me. Told you I like control. Take it any way you want it, but I do want to see some pictures of you, all dressed up again. By November 1st, demanded Deanna emphatically. I'll think about it. You do that, she teased me. If it would help, I could send you a small sample. I've got some fun pictures of these two sissies together. Or playing that great dating game in the bars and the clubs. I know you wouldn't do that, I stated firmly. Maybe I would, and maybe I wouldn't, she replied. Do you really want to take that chance? It's completely up to you. But in the words of Dirty Harry, well, do you feel lucky, punk? My only response was to swallow heavily and loudly as she chuckled. So I didn't appear to have an awful lot of options open to me. That Halloween, I dressed as sort of a generic female for one party. Then for another party the following night, I went further, dressing as Audrey Hepburn's character. From breakfast at Tiffany's, I'd chosen that costume because it was pretty easy to pull off. Requiring only a simple black dress, glasses, and pearls, but also because of its insignificance to my feminization. Back in college, when Nicole and I had lived in our sissy apartment together, there was a giant poster of Holly on the wall dominating the living room. Actually, it all turned out fairly well. At the first party, when I rang the doorbell, the female host who invited me didn't recognize me at all and thought I was just a woman visiting. She got such a kick of how I convince everyone. The Holly costume was even more successful and with a completely different crowd of Halloween goers. I had quite a number of guys and some women all well compliment me on my costume. Thinking I truly was a woman underneath the little black dress and the big sunglasses. The pictures that I sent to Anna, as well as the reports I gave on both parties, were a huge hit with her. She was so excited to know that I still had it and that she still had the power. I suppose that if I'm honest, I'd have to admit that I probably was a bit flattered by it all. Knowing that I could still pull it off, she even suggested that with the right pictures she already had, this would only be the beginning for me. I was terrified by the prospect of what I'd let back into my life, but then with no follow-up assignments ever came from her. I felt strangely let down, almost disappointed. Deanna and I became those kind of Facebook friends that everybody had. We wish each other a happy birthday, share some mildly amusing videos, and like each other's rants, whenever we agreed with the sentiments or not. 
It was nice to have her sort of back in my life, but it wasn't exactly a deep friendship. I also noticed that it appeared as though she had separated from the other girls, which did seem to me to be kind of a shame. It took Beth no time to track down Deanna's whereabouts and make contact with her, just as Sheila had been. She was thrilled with the idea of seeing me again after all these years and with meeting the woman whom I intended to marry. It was kind of scary to meet these girls again, but not too unpleasant. What really worried me more than anything was Beth's meeting with Deanna was probably letting a genie out of the bottle that I'd never be able to put back in again. And they had Claire egging them on. You've gotten awfully quiet, Claire said suddenly. Is that because you believe women should be seen and not heard? Ha! As if we ever get away with anything as crass as that. Anyway, I thought that was for children. No, I was lost in my head a bit. You know, deep in thought. Or should that be lost in deep thought? Oh, yeah. That computer from Douglas Adams' book. Well, anyway, how about a penny for them? Beth began digging with one hand through the change purse in the glove compartment, looking for a penny, while continuing to drive with the other. Yes, spill it, Claire demanded of me, before turning to Beth. Which book? I sighed, knowing. They wouldn't relent. It's no big secret. College was an important time in my life, and now I'm suddenly meeting with people that I never thought I'd ever see again. People who had a big impact on me back then. I stared out the window as the cornfields of southern Illinois rolled past. But it was too featureless and monotonous to save me from my confused thoughts. Hitchhiker's Guide answered Beth to Claire before looking at me with concern in her eyes. I'm sorry, honey, but I do think this is good for you, although I can't imagine it's digging up a lot of your past. I have to tell you, from where I'm sitting, I'm having a real blast going down memory lane with you, stated Claire happily. You had the kind of college experience most guys could only dream of. Before throwing, never read it, at Beth. Somehow, I hardly think that most guys would want to spend their college days in dresses. I sit still staring morosely out the window. That's where you'd be surprised, responded Claire. Yeah, she's right. Trust us, agreed Beth, adding. You should, to Claire. Most guys wouldn't need to be forced, not really anyway. In fact, you resisting probably drove them further, making them crazy like you were playing hard to get or something, suggested Claire. You actually gave them a challenge. For all the good it did me, I quipped. She never said you were a challenge, joked Beth. Both girls laughed, and I even managed to smile. Beth finally adding, I've got a copy of it somewhere. I'll lend it to you. Edwardville, Illinois. Kind of takes you by surprise. It sort of jumps out at you when you have almost arrived at St. Louis following a pretty swift drive down the I-57 from Chicago. It's a university town, which is also a St. Louis suburb, with lots of parks and winding trees lined streets. 
I would imagine it's a great place to raise a family. My guess was it's slightly upscale version of the town that Deanna was raised in for herself. It was pretty clear from her Facebook page that Deanna had opted for and had very much settled into her role of mother and wife. Do you know where we're going? asked Claire. Well, I put the directions she gave me in my phone, answered Beth. Mostly a straight shot all the way there. Good, responded Claire. I'm looking forward to meeting another of his college mistresses. You're not going to make this easy for me, are you? I asked. No, they both chorused together. Not on your life, added Claire. I can't tell you how much it sucks having to go to Deanna's dress like this, I complained. Well, I suppose we could find another dress for you to wear if you prefer, she smirked. I'm serious. So are we, announced Beth gleefully. Besides, this way we save Deanna the trouble of putting you in a dress herself. You two have completely the wrong idea about what actually happened back in college for both of us. Bullshit, stated Claire. I've seen the pictures. It wasn't a one-time lark where you happened to slip on a friend's dress. I'd lay some long odds that if we showed up in boy clothes, she'd have him back in a dress within a couple of hours, ribbed Beth. Been there, done that. Even bought the t-shirt. Not doing it again. I was adamant. That would be so much more convincing as a refusal if you weren't wearing a dress already, chided Claire. You know, maybe we should let him change, mused Beth. I didn't see the wink she gave Claire, but the way she said it, I had no doubt that she was up to something. What are you thinking? I think this could be a perfect opportunity for that wager. Oh, you mean how long it takes her to get him back in a dress? Something like that, agreed Beth. Uh, uh, yeah, no way. Besides, you'll just tell her you want me to see you. No, no, no. You will just tell her you want to see me dress up again and then force me into it. I complained. Are you scared three little girls are going to overpower you? asked Claire. Actually, I understand Deanna was a bit of an Amazon, interjected Beth. Oh, yeah, weren't they all? Claire giggled. Sheila, Deanna, and Amanda were all pretty tough. Also, Deanna was a seriously good athlete, won practically everything she entered in college, I stated defensively. Well, Sheila looked like she could have taken you down without too much trouble. I'd have put money on that, responded Claire. What if we promised that we wouldn't suggest it to her? We wouldn't mention it at all. It would have to be completely her idea, offered Beth. I'm not sure that I trust you. You would still help her. Well, we wouldn't want to miss out on the fun, would we? Laughed Beth. Far be it from me to interfere with your little wager, but it does seem to me a complete and partial observer, like it's only your chance to meet up with your old college friend wearing pants, offered Claire. So... What are the stakes? I asked reluctantly. If she manages to get you in women's clothing, then you'll wear whatever we say for the rest of the trip, without objection, said Beth. Or moaning, added Claire. And if she can't, then you can wear whatever you want, and we won't try to get you into dresses again, by fair means or foul. 
If you lose, we're shipping all your boy clothes straight home, added Claire, for good measure. Ugh, I don't know, I demurred. Choice is yours, said Beth. Nobody's making you. Besides, you do look good in that dress you're wearing. Okay, fine, I'll do it, I committed myself. Only if you really want to, said Claire. You don't think that some girl can put you in dresses against your will? Yet again, do you? No, of course not, I boasted, immediately doubting myself. Good, so it happens. We'll know it's because deep down you wanted her to do it to you. Hey, I complained, but the girls drowned out my objections by just laughing loudly at me from the front seat. Now I committed to this wager, and with my signature apparently firm and indelibly on the dotted line, so to speak, we made a brief stop at a gas station for me to change, which was surprising and pleasingly quite clean. We'd figured it would be a place where I could go in as a female and leave as a male, keeping at least a modicum of dignity. We eventually pulled up outside Deanna's place. I was seriously impressed. I knew that she was a gym teacher, but I hadn't realized how well Jim was apparently doing. They lived in a large craftsman-style home on a beautiful suburban winding street that would have easily cost $750,000 in Chicago. Real estate prices were much lower in Edwardsville, but this was still an impressive, well-maintained home. There were a few better hosts and teachers on their summer break. I think it's probably their best chance to interact properly with other adults. As soon as she saw me, Deanna came running out to greet us leapt at me, enveloping me in a giant bear hug. It felt truly great to see and feel her again. And if it meant that much to her, we'd left it too long. Despite having had two children, she still had an amazing figure. And I honestly believe that her husband Jim was a very lucky man, indeed. Oh God, it's amazing to see you again, Kylie. After all this time, gushed Dee. When Beth told me you wanted to visit us, I was so thrilled. Thank you for having us over, I replied. I couldn't help noticing that she used the feminine version of my name. Just the old habit, I assumed, although it made me sweat as much as the late afternoon sun. Edwardsville seemed to be at least five degrees warmer than DuPont. Hi, Dee. I'm Beth. We talked on the phone, and this is my good friend, Claire. Hi, Beth. It's great to meet you. And you, Claire, exclaimed Deanna, hugging them both in turn. I'm sure we'll all be best friends in no time. I must admit, though, that I had expected, or should that be sort of hope, that Kylie would be all dressed up, a little bit prettier, though. She grinned broadly to take any sting from her words. Oh, he insisted on wearing his big boy clothes, pouted Claire. I glared at her. Well, I suppose he is a big boy, and you're getting married, right? She slipped her arm through Beth's and turned toward the house. And quickly switching topics again offered, so I thought after your long heart car ride, you might like to cool off with a swim while we wait for Jim. That'd be great. I'm not sure about the girls, but I'd honestly love a tour of your home first, I replied, looking to Beth and Claire for their response. 
I'd simply love to see your home and then maybe have a dip afterwards, said Beth, with a strange, smug smile on her face. I can go with that, added Claire, who also seemed to also have a secretive smile. Sure, grinned Deanna. Whatever you like, we'll swim after the grand tour. She led the way into the house, which was as stunning inside as it was outside. Deanna had found what appeared to be married bliss with her husband and their two children, a boy and a girl, of course. She led the tour, pointing out various interesting parts, such as where Jim had made some renovations himself, and they were where they had been redone by professionals. You have a really lovely home, said Beth. It looks both beautiful and lived in. It's making me rethink the whole apartment living thing, opened Claire. Thanks. We got this place a few years ago, but it still feels like I've only just unpacked the last box. We all really love it here, especially with the great pool. I do believe you may have mentioned something about a swim, grinned Beth. Why, yes, I do believe you're right. How does a swim in a large pitcher of Isangria describe you? replied Deanna. Oh, utterly perfect, grinned Claire, pretending to be a feeling faint, then licked her lips, especially the sangria. I deliberately packed my swimsuit in case we stopped anywhere with a pool, said Beth. My suit's right on top of my bag, all ready for action, smiled Claire. I didn't pack one, I'm afraid, I sighed mournfully. It just hadn't occurred to me. Well, no worries. I'm sure I can find you something to wear, smirked Deanna. Both Claire and Beth exchanged glances at the suggestion. I'd like to see that, giggled Claire. I'm sure Jim has some extra suits out in the pool. They should be clean, and you're welcome to borrow one, said Deanna, letting me off the hook. That would be great, thanks, I said very relieved, as I was feeling sweaty and wanted to swim but not at the cost of wearing a bikini. The girls slipped inside to get changed into their suits while I sat on the patio chair out in the backyard. The water, the beautiful kidney-shaped pool looked so cool and inviting. I couldn't wait to immerse myself in its refreshing depths. Iron Beth practically skipped out in their eagerness, closely followed by Deanna wearing her suit and carrying a tray containing a large, condensation-covered pitcher of sangria, and three equally chilled glasses. I wish you could have met Scott and Rachel, but they're away at camp right now. That's a real shame, as I would have loved to have met them, I said earnestly. I did love being at your wedding, and it was so wonderful to see you have built yourself such a great life. Happy? Thanks. Yes, I am. I'm really happy. She looked pleased and very happy with her life. I'm sure Jim has some swimsuits over there in the shed. There might even be some with a drawstring, so hopefully you can find one that will still fit you all right, she instructed. I could just swim in my boxers, I offered. Ooh, no you couldn't. Don't be disgusting, exclaimed Beth, screwing up her face at the mere suggestion. I'm sure they don't want you in their pool like that, and I certainly don't want to swim with you in there like that. I'm sure you'll be more comfortable in a real suit, offered Deanna, pointing to a white metal shed off to the back of the pool area. They'll be on a big shelf at the back. 
The quicker you get changed, the quicker we can get started on the sangrias, called out Claire. All right, I smiled ruefully that my suggestion had been so ridiculed and turned towards the shed. You'd better clear out your pockets first and put the stuff on the patio table so you don't lose anything, suggested Beth helpfully. Yeah, you're probably right, I said, pulling out my cell phone and wallet, placing them on the table. I glanced up at them. I know exactly how much is in there, I said in mock seriousness. Be careful in this heat, that shed can get pretty hot, laughed Deanna. I made my way over the small shed, which is about the size of a large walk-in closet. There was a jumble of all sorts of pool supplies and cleaning equipment stored in there, including some children's pool toys and inflatables. At the back, I found the shelf, and sure enough, there was a variety of swimsuits on it. The men's trunks all looked way too big for me, but some did have drawstrings, so I closed the door and began to strip off, intending to try some on. Immediately, I noticed the shed became quite hot and stuffy inside. The sweltering heat of the hot day, having been pounding down on it all day, as I was hopping about, removing my boxers and trying not to touch the walls, I thought I heard a slight metallic noise behind me. But occupied as I was with trying to undress in a small dark shed, didn't pay it much attention. I'd found a pair of black and green trunks with a single drawstring that I thought would be best. But they only stayed up by faith, a swing and a prayer. Satisfied that I had got the best on offer, I turned back to the door, only to find that it seemed to have become jammed tightly closed, and it wouldn't budge no matter how hard I pushed on it. For several minutes, I tried to force the door open, but without any discernible progress. I really didn't want to damage the shed. I began to pound on the door to attract attention of the girls. I could hear them outside splashing around in the water, accompanied by a few girlish shrieks. So possibly they couldn't hear me. A sheen of sweat had already formed all over me, with a steady trickle running down my neck from the stuff and heat inside the hot shed. I was also beginning to wish now that I had made use of a washroom before leaving the house. I stood amidst the jumble of pool supplies and pounded on the door, shouting for all I was worth for about half an hour. Soon, drenched in sweat, feeling hoarse from all the shouting, and slightly faint from the dehydration, I slumped down from the immovable door and had to take a break. The water's fabulous, a gleeful D suddenly called from right outside the locked door. What the hell? What are you doing, D? I yelled. There has been a slight change of plan. You need to strip out of those trunks. Pointedly ignoring my question. What? I was shocked. It's not that complicated. Just take off those trunks. Then let me know when you're ready to pass them. And all the rest of your clothes out to me, replied Dee confidently. One of the real pleasures for me when I write these words is just having narrators like Shayla bring them to life. My stories in no way excite me because before they make it to the page, they've already occurred in the space between my ears. I've thought about them. And then it's just doing the work of, of putting them onto paper. But when I hear them read back to me by, by just an amazingly sexy voice like Shayla has, 
it, it it makes the words feel completely new and fresh. And um, while I don't really enjoy reading my own stories, I love listening to them. So, well done. Another great one by Shayla. Um, and I'm really hopeful next week we will have Raina on reading a story that she wrote with me and possibly with an interview. That'll probably be either next week or the week after, but I'm really hoping for next week. Anyway, thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, I will be back next week. I hope you will be too. Bye-bye.